guys. Uh, welcome to the next episode. Um, I meant to do this about um, two weeks ago, this podcast, but it might actually be better than doing it now because season's starting up and this is the NBA standings podcast. So here we are. Um, welcome to the next episode. So I'm going to try to make this pretty short um, because standings podcast uh, usually are some of the longer ones for me and for probably most people. So I'm going to give you my standings and uh, talk a little bit about every team, not a lot. And then I'm going to go into more depth about the Warriors and the Bulls because I think those are two teams that are really interesting this year and that two two teams that have seen like placed in different spots. Like for example, some with the Warriors, they have like uh, some people with the Warriors have seen like three or four uh, spots in the West. And some have seen like five and six. So I'll be telling you where I put them and you know um, what um, and why I put them there. Okay. Yeah, so um, first thing we got is I'm going to start out with the East, and we're going to start out, um, go from bottom up. So we're going to start with the number 15th spot, which is the Orlando Magic. Um, Yeah, so this is like a rebuilding team, you know. They got uh, Franz Wagner and Jalen Suggs in the first round. In the first round in this draft, um, very players that have um, a lot of potential, but they aren't going to be like good like right away, you know. So it's going to take time, and um, they don't really have a lot of they don't really have a lot of veterans. It's just a lot of young players still developing, which there's a few teams like that in the league right now. Um, so if you want to kind of know their depth chart, they've got Markel Fultz coming back from his, I believe his torn ACL. He only got to play like 10 games and then it's out for the year. Uh, I really feel bad for people that that's happened to. Um, so the depth chart, according to ESPN, it says Jalen Suggs will be starting. Um, yep, the Magic's, the Magic's, uh, pick in the drafts and then they have Terrence Ross a guy who has drawn attention from other teams during the offseason but nothing really got too far um power forward um power forward they got Chuma Okik um it's another guy who was pretty good last year when he got to start he was better later in the year and Wendell Carter Jr. who they got in the Nikola Vucevic trade so you see, they mostly got young guys. They got young guys there. Second unit, they got second year player Cole Anthony, who has proven to be a pretty good scorer. RJ Hampton, Michael Carter Williams, Franz Wagner, Mo Bamba, you know, stuff like that. So that's why I don't think the match is going to get far. No one's really proven, which is what I should say, um, because they're not proven because they've only been around for a few years, a lot of these players. So it's just going to take time for the Magic. They're not worried about getting, like, really far this year. Um, So that's the story with them. Um, All right, so number 
14 spot, I have the Pistons. And they're a lot of the same story as the Magic. Um, but they've also got some uh, some other guys who are pretty proven. Uh, I've been around, uh, and for example, Jer- Jeremy Grant, who was almost an all-star last year, averaged like 22 points per game, a solid number of rebounds and a few assists with pretty solid defense too. So that's a guy that's pretty proven. Sadiq Bey was a pretty good three-point shooter last year and should be pretty good going into his second year. Obviously, they got Cade Cunningham, the number one pick. Um, And then Killian Hayes, who was injured a lot. Um, He's going to need to prove himself. He was a top 10 pick. Not this draft, but the one before. So he's going to really have to prove that he is what he is. Uh, And if he is, (laughs) the Pistons, I mean, yeah. This is going to be awesome for them. Um, yeah, this team's just, again, just a lot of young guys. But guys like Cunningham, like, have the potential of winning, like, rookie of the year or something. Um, and they've also got a good mix of, like, Jeremy Grant. They got Kelly Olenek, who should help on the bench. Uh, they've got a good mix of guys here. But just, but just again, just – a lot of young guys, you know. Uh, so, again, just another rebuilding team. They might have the rookie of the year in Cunningham, which we'll try to talk about later. Uh, but, yeah, so they're 14. 13, I have the Cavs, Cleveland Cavs. Um, now, this team, they've got guys that are a little older than, like, say, the Pistons and the Magic because they've got Colin Sexton, who's – I believe 24, 25, somewhere around there. Uh, yeah, he's, he's been around for a few seasons now. Uh, they signed Jared Allen to a big contract this offseason to like five years, one-on-one million, something like that. Um, they've still got Kevin Love, which I think they're trying to not exactly keep him because he's got a big contract, and they've also got Evan Mobley they got from the draft with the number uh, three pick. And they also got Lori Markinen in a trade with the Bulls. So they've got some depth there. Um, but yeah, this team, I mean, I like how it's shaped, you know? Um, you know, I like how this roster, how they did it. Uh, they've got uh, Isaac Okoro going into a second year. He was um, a top pick last year. Darius Garland is also a young guy. So they've got, again, this is a team that is just going to take time. Most of these, like the teams that are like, let's say like the teams that are like 13 through 15 are rebuilding teams with young guys that have potential to be good. Just they are, that's not what they are like now, you know? So that doesn't mean they're bad. I mean, yeah, they're not going to be great this year. They're just trying to improve, you know? They've got the talent. They've just got to wait a few years and get it going. Like, those teams just worry about development. That's a better way to put it. Okay? Uh, But the Cavs just have a little bit more experience than those teams. They also signed Ricky Rubio, which was a nice addition. Um, Okay, so number 12. People are – I've – according to my last latest research, um, there's going to be some disagreement with this. But I'm going to tell you my thoughts. Toronto Raptors, okay? Many people think because last year was a mess, 
I mean, the Raptors were, you know, they were playing in Tampa instead of Toronto because of COVID. Um, they, you know, uh, players were out. Siakam was not the same. Uh, you know, just a lot of things going on. So people think this year that's going to turn around. This is a team that's also interested in Ben Simmons. And while we're talking about Ben Simmons, I'm just going to give you the latest on him. Uh, he's really the guy we're still waiting for to see. Uh, now, with the Sixers right now, uh, when I get to them in the standings, I'm go- like it's going to uh, – be on based on if he's with the Sixers because I don't know there's like six teams interested in him right now but just can't close out on a deal so I'm just gonna say what he is with the Sixers and whoever he gets traded to I might change those teams around a little so I'll try my best to give you guys the update on that okay but uh but yeah Ben Simmons is I mean definitely not gonna stay at the Sixers it's just going downhill but anyways (laughs) The Raptors are a team that could be interested because, you know, Kyle Lowry's gone. They did get Gordon Drogic, though. And, yeah. So, anyways. Um, so, the Raptors, um, yeah, so this is why I don't think they can go any higher. Well, first of all, there's just a lot more talent and, like, depth um, higher up. And this team also has some young guys that they've got to try to, you know, form into something. Like, OG Ananobi's got a lot of talent coming up. People are expecting a breakout season from him. Um, Scotty Barnes is a young guy. Chris Boucher. Uh, but they've also got a young mix of – well, they've also got younger guys who 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 knows could be all-stars, like Siakam Van Vliet. Siakam has not been the same since the bubble, so we'll see if that changes. And he wasn't, he wasn't what we expected last season. So, again, there's just too much to prove for me to put the Raptors higher. And the depth is not the best. I mean, it's all right, but, like, it could be better. So, yeah. So that's what I think about that. Um, yeah, I mean, they've got, like, um, I just, you know, I'm just not sure about Siakam here. And he might, I believe I heard he might even miss some of the start of the year, Siakam. So that would hurt. Um, and I just, yeah, I just, yeah, that's what I think about them. I don't know what else to say about them. So that's why I got them 12. Uh, 11, I have the Wizards. Um, yeah, now this team obviously got uh, rid of Westbrook, which is which was a big change, but was something they got a lot of depth from. This team is like, not is like the opposite of the Raptors. I think they have a lot more depth. Uh, they have so many guys that could go in at each position. Um, and they also got Spencer Dinwiddie, who was really good, not last year, not 20, 20 to 21, but 19 to 20. Uh, he did solid in the bubble. Uh, and he's a guy that was good before he uh, – was out after like eight games last last season. So he'll be back. Um, hopefully for the Wizards, he is um, better there. Um, some players the Wizards got from the Lakers and the Westbrook trade was they got Kyle Kuzma, who should be the starting small forward, maybe. 
Contavious uh, Codwell Pope is a good guy to have in your team. And Montrez Harrell. Those guys are going to be either starters or like second unit. So that's good. Um, and they've also got Denny Avdija in his second second year coming up. Uh, Hachimura, you know, another guy. That's um, young, has the potential. And Daniel Gafford, we saw it. the Wizards were be- were better defensively with him on the floor. And because of his impact last season, the Wizards decided to keep him. And pretty good choice, though. I mean, you wouldn't expect Daniel Gafford to make such a difference. But, I mean, he's done a very solid job with this Wizards team. Uh, they got Aaron Holiday uh, with, for, from the Pacers. Uh, they got Corey Kispert from the draft, still Rob Neto as a point guard. And then Bradley Beal, of course, the guy that they're going to try to build around. If he if he like gets around grabbing that scoring title, this Wizards team can definitely maybe pop in the play-in tournament. They're one spot away. I have them right now. It's just because like if Dinwiddie's going to maybe be like this team's second best player, uh, I mean he's been out for like almost about a whole year though, so we're going to have to see how that works out. And they're above the Raptors, like I said, because of their depth, and they've got a guy I can trust in Bradley Beal. Like, I know this guy's going to come close to getting that scoring title, okay? Um, and Siakam and Van Vliet, like, it's not a guarantee those guys are going to be all-stars. And, you know, Siakam is uh, – he wasn't at his best last year. The Raptors are just all over the place. And they've got no Lowry. So we're just going to see what happens with them. But, you know, I just – I'm just not really seeing another uh, a great year here for the Raptors. All right, so the first play-in spot, I have the Indiana Pacers, another um, team that some might uh, not agree with. I've seen I've seen higher spots here, um, but you know they got Rick Carlisle in the offseason after uh, after a bad season with their previous coach. So, uh, yeah, this team was really, you know, they were bummed by injuries um, last season to, like, uh, you know, Karis LeVert was out. Um, We had Karis LeVert out and some other key guys. I believe Miles Turner might have been out for a little bit. I don't know. It's just all over the place. And then the situation with the coach and the locker room, um, it was just it was just getting too much. So they fired the coach. And then obviously TJ Warren in the injury spot, who should be back this year, but his recovery is going a little slower, I heard, than it's supposed to. So he might so he's gonna miss a little bit of the beginning of the season. Uh after like missing the whole last season. Um, and Karis LeVert, yeah, by the way, he's, he's injured right now at the moment, but should be back for the season, I heard. So, um, yeah, this team is really, uh, the, there's a big question with this team. Uh, their plus minus was negative when Sabonis was on the court with Turner. Uh, that's going to be a big question and we'll see how that plays out. But Turner was in some trade talks. Um, and, and you never know if Simmons, uh, Simmons goes to the Pacers, Turner could be coming out because of his 
going out with, because his fit with Sabonis, but it is worth noting that the Sixers already have Joel Embiid and they already have Andre Drummond that they got in the offseason. So anyways, but this team really has some good players um, and definitely can be higher. I, I just don't know about the fit for one with Sabonis and Turner and Warren's going to be out for a little bit and Levert. So it, it seems like injuries might get this team again. That's that's my point. Injuries and fit might um, hurt the team. But anyways, they got Malcolm Brogdon, who's been pretty good as their starting point guard. Uh, obviously, Sabonis, who was an all-star last year. Uh, they've got Justin Holiday, Jer- Jeremy Lamb, Chris Duarte from the draft, Torrey Craig. Um so, yeah, they've got some good guys, TJ McConnell. But, again, it just seems like fit might get them again and injuries. All right, so the nine spot, just missing the playoffs, I have the Hornets. I hate to do this to my team, but <laughs> um, we'll talk about it, though. Um, yeah, so the teams above them, I feel like, have just – like a little more talent at the moment. Um, like, uh, and I just feel like I can't, I'll go ahead and spoil it. I just can't feel like I can roll out teams like the Knicks and the Bulls here. For example, like the Bulls, they have like three potential all-stars and a rising all-star and, and Lonzo Ball. And even though this team, a lot of people are saying, the fit might not be good. They're not going to be that good defensively. The offense is going to be amazing, um, though. And the Hornets right now, currently, they don't really have a guy that's an all-star. They didn't have an all-star last year. I mean, if who knows? Maybe Hayward can be an all-star. LaMelo is obviously a rising all-star, but maybe not this season coming up. Maybe the one after, I'm thinking. Um Rozier is not at all-star level, but he, but he's definitely like up there, you know. Um, and yeah, you know, maybe Bridges will be there one day. We'll see. And we don't really know about Book Night yet. Um, yeah, so uh, Hornets were tenth last season, so they they are going to be in the play-in tournament. And who knows if they can pull off a win versus like the Knicks or something? Maybe they can hop into the play-in tournament. But um, I just feel like the Knicks are really solidified defensively, and they had a breakout year last year, and uh, hopefully for them that stays. And I just don't see a breakout year from being fourth in the East going to no playoffs. I mean, that just doesn't sound right, and they arguably made better changes this offseason. So I can't really rule out the Knicks, and the Hornets still have a little growth to do with LaMelo. And I can't trust Hayward's health because, you know, he was out for a while. The Hornets were pretty good about availability at the beginning of the season. Like, they were as up the standings as, like, fourth. I mean, they were awesome. But then injuries hit them, and then they went all the way down to 10th. I mean, seriously, it seemed like the Hornets were going to be a top playoff team. But then injuries just hit them. I mean, really. Um, But they definitely have the talent like they have. Young young guys like P.J. Washington, Bridges, who are still growing. Rozier is like in his around prime age. LaMelo is obviously still growing. Uh, Hayward's just like the veteran guy there. What I need for Hayward is for him to stay healthy. 
Okay, that's the big key to this roster. Uh, uh, Mason Plumley should should be better than like Zeller and Biombo. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, just maybe next year we'll see how the rosters go. Maybe next year for the Hornets, but it's any minute, any minute. It's just we'll see what the growth of Lamelo does. You know that wrist really bothered him at the end of the year. Hopefully that's gonna go away now but it's been a while and he did come back earlier from that uh, so we're just gonna see what happens there but yeah they're the hornets are right there for the playoffs they just need to, their guys to go through a little more development and then they're right there okay it's and i wouldn't i would definitely not be surprised if they were in the playoffs this season if they pulled off a key uh play in tournament win Okay, now eight, I have the Knicks. Um, yeah, this team arguably got better, like I said. They got Kemba Walker from the offseason. They got Evan Fournier. So that's improving their offense um, because they had Alfred Payton, who I've heard and agree with. He was one of the worst starters in the NBA. Um, yeah, they, they got rid of Reggie Bullock, who's pretty good on defense but on offense pretty much just hit threes. And Fournier is like a 17 points per game scorer. So they're going to improve their scoring there. And they still got plenty of defense. I mean, they got Randall, uh, Mitchell Robinson should be coming back. Nerlens Noel. You got Obi Toppin going to the second year. They still got Derek Rose, who's awesome on the bench. Emmanuel Quickly, who had a nice year, possibly surprisingly. Well, surprisingly to me. Um, Alec Burks, he was key. He was, like, their only scorer versus the Hawks. He was the only one really scoring. So, yeah, this is still an awesome, awesome roster. Um, and they just improved their offense because they were awesome on defense last year. They just maybe needed a little offense. They definitely got that spark with their additions. So I'm excited for them. Um, all right, now let's move on. So Bulls, um, they are the seventh spot for me. Uh, this team has uh, – the reason they're not higher is because they have too many of the same type of player as in they have too many offensive players and not many defensive. They do have some good defensive, though, I got to admit. They do have Patrick Williams, who has some potential on that end. Derek Jones, Alex Caruso, pretty good defenders there. But, you know, DeMar DeRozan had we'll, – we'll go deeper into the Bulls later, but they had, uh, you know, DeMar DeRozan, the Spurs were negative – when he was on the court defensively and overall. Um, not, that's not to say he's not a good player. It's just to show that this team might not be good defensively. Vucevic is okay defensively. Uh, maybe not top-notch, but he's he can hold up. Uh, Lonzo Ball is pretty good defense. Levine, uh, not so sure about that either. So they've got some holes in their stars, uh, and especially if, I mean, this team can be good defensively. Like, like they have a lot of all-stars. So if – and obviously they're going to have to take sacrifices. So if those sacrifices happen, they should have more energy to play on the defensive end. So hopefully that happens for them. But a lot of people are predicting them to be just an awful offensive team. But it may not be as bad as you think. That's why I have them seventh and not, like, out of the playoffs. Like – I just can't see a team with with three former now all stars uh, and one rising to just miss the playoffs. I mean, they have so much talent to miss the playoffs. 
that. So I just can't really rule them out right now. I kind of think of them as like the trailblazers. Like they're so good on offense. Like the Blazers have Lillard, McCollum, you know, Norman Powell's pretty good. And But just the defense, no one – it's just kind of a question mark. I mean, both teams have some guys that can help, like Larry Nance, Robert Covington on the Blazers. But it's just it, – that's just not enough, you know. But Bulls, I can feel like, can sneak in the seven. Six, I have the Celtics. Um, yeah, they're um, – we should so Jalen Brown will be back. That's good, as he was out in the playoffs. Jason Tatum had to, has some fifty point games. Um, um, that's gonna help. And Marcus Smart is there, and they also got Dennis Schroeder, who agreed to a smaller contract. Um, and and then Peyton Pritchard, obviously on the bench, who really showed up in summer league. Who was he was awesome to watch the summer league. Um, they got Al Horford back. He's returning back to the Celtics. Marcus Smart, they signed a big contract. Their starting lineup looks pretty good. I mean, Schroeder, Smart, Tatum, Brown, uh, and Horford. It's pretty good. And then they they also believe in Robert Williams after signing him to a pretty big contract for how we've seen him. But he's definitely young and can improve. And they're definitely going to trust him this season. Grant Williams is good defensively. Josh Richardson, Peyton Pritchard should offer some threes. And we can also see that he's pretty good at playmaking, as we saw in Summer League. This roster really didn't do it as well. Um, They weren't – I mean, last season a lot of people said this should have been better. I agree. Uh, But if this this roster – hopefully they're more healthy. They're a little bit more deep too, which is going to help. Um. And they they got some they got multiple options at center now. So the Celtics really they did a very solid job in the offseason. So um, I think they can hold on to that sixth spot. Um, next, I got the Atlanta Hawks. Um, yeah, you know they had a great run in the postseason. Uh, Trey Young was unbelievable, the leader of all that. Um, and then they even had key injuries there, like Cam Reddish. DeAndre Hunter is the guy that no one's talking about that did really good at the beginning of the year. He was averaging like something like 17-4-4, four and four, something like that, with awesome defense at the beginning of the season, like first 13 games, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, no one's thinking about that. But they've still got another two-way player there that wasn't really involved in the playoffs. Um they also have, um, yeah, I said Cam Reddish. Lou Williams, they still have him on the bench. They got DeLon Wright. Uh, Kevin Herter, Bogdanovich will be solid role players. And they still got uh, Gallinari on the bench. And then John Collins still here. And Clint Capella, who's been really awesome, who was really awesome in the playoffs too, is still here. And then they've also got uh, Onyeka Com- Kangu uh, coming into his second year. He played some key minutes in the playoffs, by the way. They got Jalen Johnson, um, who's a rookie. So, yeah, this team is just so deep. So, like, if injuries happen, like we saw in the playoffs, they're still going to shine. Like, DeAndre Hunter is a good player that no one's talking about, like I said. But it didn't matter in the playoffs. They were still awesome. I mean, 
really. That's the thing with this team. That's why depth is so important, too. So Hawks are fourth. No, I mean fifth. Uh, four of the Sixers, but obviously this is just kind of a random pick for them because I really just don't know about this Ben Simmons thing. Um, they're probably the maybe the um, one of the definitely one of the toughest teams to predict since obviously we have no idea. Um, but again, but I can trust that Embiid is going to be like MVP level, um, and that uh, and that you know they still have solid role players like Tobias Harris can be like the second best player. He was really amazing last year defensive end, and he also provided. Uh, uh, a good amount in the offense. And Seth Curry is still there, Danny Green. So they still got shooters. They got defense, Matisse Thibel, Joel Embiid could be defensive player of the year. Who knows? Andre Drummond is, is an awesome rebounder and can help on the bench. And they've also got a good mix of offense and Shake Milton, Tyrese, uh, Tyrese Maxey, Furkan Korkmaz. So they've got a lot of good mix of stuff, the depth. They just – my, uh, they, they obviously just need to fill out for Simmons. But, um, yeah, that's just kind of a random spot for this team at the moment. Uh, we'll get to the top three after a short break. Okay, so um, the top three, we have the Miami Heat. Uh, the Bucks are the number two, and the Nets number one. Just go ahead and tell you that, and then I'll cover. cover. So Miami Heat, um, yeah, this team obviously the big thing for them was signing Kyle Lowry, but they also got solid additions. Actually, PJ Tucker is is awesome. Okay, <laughs> um, he averaged like five points a game in the playoffs, but he was a huge difference maker. It was just on the defensive end. This guy was amazing. I I mean. He offers, like, only corner threes on offense, but on defense, he just offers so much to your team. And I so agree with the Miami Heat roster changes. Uh, my, uh, Lowry and um, and uh, Tucker and Morris really fit in this team's, uh, like, physicality, you know? Like, I feel like this is a real physical team. Uh, Lowry and Butler really fit together. Adebayo, you can't forget about him. Um, yeah, they could have. Um, and then, you know, you can't forget about Victor Oladipo, too, who's coming back from injury. Now, who knows how he's going to be, but um, we'll, we'll just find out there because Oladipo, we haven't seen him that good in a while, uh, and he was not as good as we thought like last season, but who knows if he does get better, this team is just, that just offers more depth. Um, Duncan Robinson, they re-signed. That's a good fit. Um, and I mean, just look at the starting lineup. It offers so much defense. This is going to be such a good defensive team that, that just drives to the paint. This team's not going to give you a break. Okay. They have Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, P.J. Tucker, Bam Adebayo, okay? Those are some tough guys, all right? And then the bench, they also have Macri Morris. Uh, Dwayne Dedman's also there. He provided a solid amount last season. Uh, they still got Tyler Hero, uh, 
not as much big names as on the bench, but uh, still some guys who can give you production. Uh, Victor Oladipo, obviously. Uh, Casey Okpala, he's there. Max Struess. So not as big names on the bench, but that starting lineup is going to give you a lot, okay? This team, I mean, I really like how this team is constructed. Maybe this might be my favorite off-season team, okay? All right, number two, I have the Bucks. Uh, obviously, the NBA champions, uh, um, they they did they did pretty good in the offseason trying to uh, you know fill in the the small holes they had. Um, they just got more shooting basically, and getting rid of PJ Tucker really hurt. They instead of getting instead of resigning him, they got Bobby Portis back. And I was telling you guys uh, before the season, Bobby Portis was going to help out this team. But everyone's like, oh, no, he's not a good fit. Or, well, not really fit, but, like, um, they, they were saying he wasn't really going to help. Now look at him. He just helped them out a ton in the finals, had a big game six, and now he, here he is resigning with the Bucks. Um, over P.J. Tucker, who was also was just as helpful. Um yeah, so we still got Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Giannis as the core. Brooke Lopez, awesome fit next to next to Giannis. Uh, really figured out those pick and rolls after, uh, after like those first two games. Brooke Lopez just gonna beat, but they figured it out, and they were also missing a key player. This is why depth is so important. Dante Divincenzo was their starting shooting guard. They covered it up, um, and so. Um, they covered it up by putting P.J. Tucker in the starting lineup. But DiVincenzo is going to pr- provide defense that they uh, that they didn't have from him. Uh, they got more shooting because in the playoffs they were, they were not a good three-point shooting team. Um, they got Grayson Allen. Uh, they got George Hill back. Uh, Pat Connaughton was pretty good off the bench. They got Semi Ojale. Um, so they, they did pretty good. Um, they got Rodney Hood also. Um, they, yeah, so they, they did pretty good in the offseason. It's just the biggest thing is P.J. Tucker, who was, um, you know, like I said, not a huge help on the offensive end, but still nice to have. But with DiVincenzo back, he should cover some of that up. Okay. Now, why – do I not have them above the Nets? Is because when the Nets are healthy, they've just it's just unbelievable. Okay, um, yeah. So, um, hold on, I'm just pulling up the depth chart. Um, yeah, um, they did pretty good in the off season too. Um, now they've, I mean, just again, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge decided to come back. Uh, they got Patty Mills. They got Paul Millsap, James Johnson. So they got some the, some guys to help out in the paint. Uh, but they're, again, going with, like, that small ball. Like, Marcus Ulrich, for the Nets, he was, like, a power forward um, at times. Paul Millsap, the same. Same with Blake Griffin. So Nick Claxton is basically their only, like, true center is going to probably get some playing time. Um, but, yeah, Harden, Irving, Durant. I mean, look. If you, this is the big thing for me. 
Like they almost, if Durant, if Durant's shoe size was a few inches smaller, they would have beat the Bucks with one and a half of their superstars. Okay, because they had, um, because you know they had like half a Harden. You know he was like half injured playing. They had Kevin Durant, and then Irving went down and was out for the series. So that's the big thing. So if all three of those guys are there. They're gonna win by way more than just than just almost winning by Kevin Durant's toes, okay? So, uh, so health is obviously the big thing for this team. If they if they're healthy, yeah, this team's gonna win the championship. I'll just say that. All right, Durant, Durant, Kyrie, and Harden's just way too much. But the big thing is the depth around that, okay? Um, Again, they have many options as a small ball center. Nicholas Claxton should even be better, too. They also – I'm more confident in their defense than I was because I saw that they held up a little bit. Like, they were good enough on the defensive end. They obviously weren't the best, but in the playoffs, they were like they were like a mid-defensive team. So they were not awful. And then they also have uh, Bruce Brown, who's obviously really good in defense and is really helpful to a team like the Nets. Um, Javon Carter they got on the offseason. Uh, so they've got some defensive weapons, but they proved to me that they could that that they could hold up. Okay. So I feel more confident in this Nets team than I was when Harden first came there. Uh, I saw that they can fit together, so now I really see this Nets team. Okay. So that's my my standings. Um uh, Again, one the Nets, two the Bucks, three the Heat, four the Sixers, five the Hawks, six the Celtics, seven the Bulls, eight the Knicks, nine the Hornets, ten the Pacers, eleven the Wizards, twelve the Raptors, thirteen the Cavs, fourteen the Pistons, fifteen the Magic. And again, Wizards through Magic are missing out on play-in and playoffs. Okay, and Hornets and Pacers will participate in the play-in, but not quite make it to the playoffs. I think. Okay, so. That's my Eastern Conference. Hope you like it. Let's move on to the West. Um, start down at 15 with the uh, um, Thunder. So, yeah, this is like exactly like the Magic um, and the like the Magic Pistons, Rockets. You know, those teams are really similar right now. Um, yeah, so this team just, again, just needs some – just need some growth. They have, like, no veterans on this team, first of all. Uh, they have Derek Favors, who's, like, one of the oldest guys on this team. But other than that, everyone's, like, young. Like, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not loving the Thunder approach. Like, I feel like they need veterans. But they feel like they just need to get all the young guys in there and get them developed, which I feel like sounds, like, too desperate. I, they need to put a few veterans in there to be mentors for these young guys, I think. Like the Cavs did. They got Ricky Rubio for Darius Garland. Um, this team just has, like, Derek Favors. I mean, you need a little more than that, okay? So, yeah, so I guess, um, yeah, we'll see how it plays out with these young guys. But uh, their approach has just been only young guys on this team, no old guys, <laughs> older guys. Um, so, obviously, they have Shea Gildas Alexander, who was – I thought was just about an all-star last season, but then he was injured for a while. Um, and they've got 
yeah, it's just all about development with this team. Uh, like Trey Mann, Josh Giddy is the draft picks. Oh, Jeremiah uh, Robinson Earl. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but the, you know, the, uh, I think it's the, uh, I forgot what country he's from, but the guy who's 18 years old, I can't say his name. Um, they got Darius Baisley, Luke Wendes, Dort, Isaiah Roby, just young guys, guys. It's just all about development with this team. This team's not going to make it to like play in or playoffs because they, they just don't have the experience. Okay. Which is okay. I mean, I understand part of their approach. Part of it, I feel like you need a little few veterans on this team. Um, but yeah, they just, they just, just one of the teams with growth. As simple as that. Uh, all right. Next, I have the Rockets. Um, basically, everything I said with the, with the Thunder. Um, but this team really has a lot of offensive firepower that we already know about. Like, for example, we saw Jalen Green. We know he's going to be an offense, uh, a really good scorer. We saw in summer league. I was really impressed. He could totally win Rookie of the Year with mostly just scoring, okay? Um, now we'll see about that, but uh, but he's definitely a young guy with some awesome scoring potential. Um, we, they also got um, they also got Alperin Sagung from the, from the draft, uh, a good Turkish center, and they got Kevin Porter who had a random 50-point game versus the – NBA champions last season. Uh, that was it, it. Really was random. Like that never really happened. But then he just exploded for fifty. It was pretty amazing. Um, Jayshon Tate. Uh, they got uh, Christian Wood, Daniel Thias, Titus. So they they have more guys that we already know can be successful in the NBA. Uh, that and like the Thunder just have like a lot of rookies. Guys that are like raw still need to develop. The Rockets, don't get me wrong, still have some guys like that, but that need to work on stuff to be more successful. But some of these guys already are successful. Like Titus, we already know what he brings. Uh, Christian Wood, we already have an idea of him. Uh, Eric Gordon will bring some solid play. Uh, you know, you know what I mean. Um, Kevin Porter, we see we we see his potential there. But, again, some work on the defensive end, stuff like that. Yeah, defense is the big thing that's going to be the thing with this team. Like, I feel like there's a lot of offensive players. So, this was, this is going to be a fun team with Kevin Porter randomly exploding for 50 points. I mean, that's going to be awesome if that happens again. And then Jalen Green, who knows what he's going to do. But I think he's going to be awesome. Um, and then, of course, like, they're, they're um, you know, they got four first-round picks. So, just a team with a lot of potential. 13, I got the Spurs. This team, I feel like, is one of those teams that's, like, actually kind of bad <laughs> because they don't really have a guy that's, like, young and who they're, like, who's, like, really high on, you know? Um, like, they've got DeJounte Murray, who's pretty good, but, like, I mean, not a guy who we're expecting to be a superstar. Um there's not really too much to be excited about with this team. Like this team is prob probably the team I like dislike the most. They just don't, there's nothing that, that great about this team. I mean, obviously like all the bottom teams, they have young guys that got potential, but they don't have 
nearly as much as like the magic or the thunder rockets and the guys that they have again aren't going to be like super like we're not expecting anything too much uh they've, they've also got Kelvin johnson you know uh Hurdle is pretty good for them. They got Doug McDermott, Derek Weiss. They just have a, a bunch of solid players, basically. All right. Not too much about with that team. All right. So next, T-Wolves, Timberwolves as the 12th spot. Uh, this team could be better than this. Uh, it's just going to depend on health. Like the last few years, like the health with this team has not been good. Like Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, those guys have not played with each other a lot lately. Uh but I like how this team is, and we saw Anthony Edwards is, uh, is has the potential to be a really good scorer and all-around player. Um, he was really good after the All-Star break and really made, and really made a started to make it a tough choice if Lamelo really does get MVP. I mean, sorry, Rookie of the Year. Um, but yeah, again, we just don't know about the health of Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell. Uh, Anthony Edwards will always, you know, he's going to provide that. What he did last year, if he, if that really stays over the whole course of the year, that's going to be awesome for them. Um, they got picked up Patrick Beverly, which should help with the d- defensive intensity that this team badly needs. Um, they got Jaden McDaniels, uh, second-year guy, Torian Prince, Josh Okoji, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, Nasri, Jalen Noel. So, yeah, I just – with this team, it's mostly health. Like, maybe they'll go up maybe one spot. They could pass the Kings, depending on if the Kings' defense is just awful again. Um, so, we're just going to find out. Um, but, yeah, 11 out of the Kings. So, this was the worst offensive team last year in the NBA. Um, um, but But we'll see if they improve. They have – they got uh, Tristan Thompson back. They got uh, Davion Mitchell from the draft, um, who's been known for his defense. Um, Richon Holmes was pretty good defensively. I don't see this team being majorly better defensively. I mean, they've got some pieces, and obviously Halliburton was was a lot of people were saying were really commenting on how mature he was with the with the Kings. Um, so he'll uh, he's definitely gonna find an upgrade. Buddy Heald was almost went to the Lakers instead of Westbrook, but he's still here with the Kings and now they're loaded up at guard. Um, and they've got Harrison Barnes who's you know solid I guess. Marvin Bagley um so I don't see this team being too much better defensively, but the offense is going to be good, and they might be a little better defensively. So that's why I'm above the Kings, and I can rely on the health a little more too. All right? So now starting with the first plan spy of the Pelicans. Yeah, um, this team I just don't see um, – like it's not that much different than last year, and they – arguably didn't really get that much better. Like, but they might be better just by development. Okay. Now they did get Devontae Graham now, but, but the thing is Lonzo has more potential than Devontae Graham, but Devontae Graham is, is solid. Um, no matter what you say there, but he's, 
He's not that great defensively, but will provide threes and some solid offense. So um, so he's going to be their starting point guard. They're also going to have Nikel Alexander-Walker, who was really good when he started last year. So he has some potential. Um, Jonas Valachunas is provides just a little more than Steven Adams with spacing. He could he stretches out to three sometimes. Uh, hopefully for the Pelicans, uh, he shoots some more threes to, to let uh, Zion work in the paint more. Zion was awesome last year, guys, by the way. He was shooting so well from the floor, averaging like 27 points per game. I mean, this guy is already such a good scorer. Maybe expand his range out to three and get a little help. I mean, this guy needs some help here. He needs Jonas Valchunas to stretch out to three. Uh, Brandon Ingram, again, you can't forget about him. He's another all-star guy. Uh, Josh Hart on the bench, Jackson Hayes, uh, Thomas Sinaraski. Kara Lewis Jr. So they've got some development here that can happen uh, on the bench and with the starting lineup with Kel Alexander Walker. I'm I'm kind of excited about him. Like he he was pretty good when starting, like averaging like 19 points per game, like three or four rebounds and assist. Um, yeah, I'm excited about him. But it's just I don't see this team uh, like guaranteed to do much better. Um, because of the spacing, and they didn't get better at point guard. So uh, development with this team, and they're going to need to build around Zion better to keep him happy. He claims he is happy right now with the Pelicans. So uh, that's good for them. Nine of the Grizzlies. Grizzlies just missing out in the playoffs. Um, yeah, they're um, – um, they – I mean, they now have Steven Adams instead of Valachunas, which I think Valachunas is better than Steven Adams, and I think Valachunas is definitely underrated. I mean, he's like one of the leading rebounders, scoring well, uh, and is a guy who's a pretty good force in the paint and can stretch out a little bit. It would be nice if he could stretch out from three more, but maybe he will with the Pelicans because they're probably going to encourage him to do that. Um. But anyways, this Grizzlies team, they've got, obviously, John Morant coming to his third year. He is amazing. Um, if not for the bubble and if not for COVID, they'd probably be in the playoffs both of his years, but just in his second year, they made it to the playoffs and did pull off a game versus the Jazz. Um, they've got Dylan Brooks, too. Uh, Kyle Anderson, Jaron Jackson Jr. will be coming back, so that's going to help. Um and then they got Steven Adams. Uh, yeah, I just – I think they're just going to miss out here. The team I have at eight, uh, I feel like can edge them out just because of the star power and the, the hunger. Um, but, yeah, this this team, um, you know, I'm not big on Steven Adams replacing Val Chunas, like I've said. Um Maybe Jared Jackson Jr. can really improve and push him into the playoffs. Same with Desmond Bain and Brandon Clark and Xavier Tillman. They've still got a little development to do, too, before they're like a guaranteed playoff team. Um, yeah, I, I don't have too much to say about them. Just uh, it's simply as the team at eight, I just see it more hungry and more a little bit more star power, too. Um, 
Um, so at that eight team is the Trailblazers. Um, now, now Damian Lillard was in trade talks, uh, but he claims he's good with the Blazers. And the reason he was in trade talks was because of his comments on the Blazers front office pretty much. And he didn't, he wasn't big on the signing of, of, um, uh, Chauncey Billups as coach, but he's going to give another try. And if they don't make the playoffs this year, like if they don't make the playoffs, something's probably going to happen to Dame. Um, this is another team that's interested in, uh, uh, Look, or sorry, Simmons, by the way, and so are the Rockets, Spurs, T-Wolves, and Kings. Basically, all teams 11 through 14. Um, yeah, so this team, they really didn't get, I mean, I feel like this team needs to make some changes. I mean, I'm not a big fan of their GM right now. Um, they need to make some bigger changes. They're basically relying on Lillard and McCollum and Nurkic to be healthy, but they haven't been. McCollum was not that healthy last season. Nurkic missed a little bit. Uh, they did get Norman Powell and their credit, but and Larry Nance, but they, I feel like they just need a little more uh, to make it farther than that. The defense, I don't see any sign of improvement, really. Um, but I guess a little bit because Carmel, Anthony, and, and Ace Cantor are gone, who were uh, d- defensive liabilities in the playoffs. Those guys are gone. And they replaced them with, like, Tony Snell, Ben McLemore, Larry Nance. They also have Cody Zeller. So not as big names, but some guys who can provide a little more in defense. So I guess they did little things to help. And Chauncey Billups is a defensive – he was a very good defensive player when he was a player. So we'll see if this team improves a lot defensively. I definitely don't expect a big league for them. They they did make enough changes for that. Um. That's why they're eighth here. Seven, I have the Clippers. Now, this team is another team with, with we're just not so certain about because of Kawhi. Uh, but he's not um, not a guy that we're expecting to come back until, I heard, like April or March. And so that's going to be towards the end of the year. So that means Paul George is going to be the main guy here for a while. Um <clears throat> And he really showed he could be in the playoffs. He was averaging like 27 uh, points. Um, And um, Reggie Jackson, Eric, they also signed Eric Bledsoe, which should help out uh, with playmaking duties, defense. So that's going to be good. Sergei Baca, hopefully he can come back. Gosh. Um, But yeah, this team's still going to be good. Paul George prove that he can help out in that. And he's also a dark horse MVP candidate. I don't think he's going to win MVP unless the (laughs) Clippers really go higher than this in the standings. But um, uh, you never know, I guess. But definitely a dark horse MVP candidate. By the way, just while we're speaking of MVP, I do think – I think Doncic has a good chance to win MVP. Uh, if Porzingis gets a little better, because that means they could go farther in the standings. Um, so I think Doncic has a good chance to win MVP just by the way, but I do think Paul George is a dark horse MVP candidate. Okay, uh, we're going to take a break there, um, and then I'll come back uh, for one through six spots, uh, maybe dig a little bit more into MVP and then talk about Rookie of the Year. Okay. 
Alright, <clears throat> hello guys, welcome back. Um, so the 1 through 6 of the Western Conference is all we have left to cover for standings. Um, and 6, we have the Warriors. Um, the Warriors, along with the Bulls, like I said, we're going to go into later, but we'll go into more. But, um, yeah, this is probably lower than what most people would expect because... I've seen, uh, I think I said this earlier too, I've seen the Warriors, uh, like, even up at that three spot, mostly the four through six spots I've seen the Warriors. So that means I've got them at the uh, the minimum, accomplishing the minimum. And I just read an article um, not too long ago. The, the, um, the Warriors just have... A lot of questions right now like we don't know what this team's going to be like and there's nothing that's too much guaranteed for the Warriors right now um you know Steph's Cur- Steph Curry's going to be 34 um during the season sometime that's he's getting up there okay he's going to need some help but the thing is that help is not guaranteed like um for example uh let's see well, the the young guys, like, um, you know, you got Jordan Poole, uh, Wiseman, uh, Moody, and Kaminga, the new guys there. Um, Wiseman's second year. Um, we don't know what kind of production we're really going to get from those guys. We don't know if we're, we're going to see, like, Wiseman improve a lot from last season. Or uh, if Kaminga and Moody, if one or both of them is going to do a lot of production, you know. And the other thing is, like, if if Curry's injured, this roster is just kind of over. Like, even when uh, Clay's coming back, I mean, it, it's going to be like Clay and Wiggins being, like, the best offensive player. Uh, uh, like, and that's – and Clay's another guy that – we're not sure about his production. We don't know what he's going to be at, but you can guarantee he's not going to be the exact same. Like he's going to be a little off after two years of not playing the NBA because of injuries. So something's going to be maybe not great there. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's not like Steph's going to be there every game. Probably he was lucky last year to be pretty good with about injuries, staying healthy. But the year before, remember he like missed, he only played like five games so it's not a guarantee, and he's, I mean, he's up there. He's almost, he'll be 35 next season. That's really hard for me to believe. But, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. There's there's going to be way too much pressure if Curry's out. We're not so sure about these rookies. There's just too many questions for me to put them this high. And the, the two teams that I have next – I can guarantee more things and I can trust the process of what those two teams are doing more than what I think the Warriors are doing. Um, Yeah. Andrew Wiggins, uh, his vaccine uh, problem he was having about not getting the vaccine. uh, He did get his first dose. So that's not going to be a problem for him. Uh, so that's good. That just gets another problem out of the way. But then again, Andrew Wiggins can't be your number one option if Curry's out. They're not going to be six if Curry's, like, injured. 
Um, yeah, obviously it just it's just all going to fall on Curry. I think there's just so much on him because, you know, the rookies are obviously going to look up to him. So they're going to hope he can play, learn some things from Curry. Uh, Thompson's going to rely on Curry, getting him back into a rhythm. Uh, just so many things are going to be on Curry, and he's just the leader of this team. Um, and, um, yeah, so that's what I got there. We'll go into them a little bit later. Five of the Nuggets. Um, yeah, you know, uh, it's it's a bummer that Jamal Murray is, you know, not going to be here. We're not uh, – I forgot about his timetable of return, but he's obviously going to miss some time uh, no matter what, you know. We know he's he's going to miss definitely much of the year. So – Replacements, uh, the top replacements for that are going to be Monte Morris, uh, Compasso, uh, Will Barton, and Austin Rivers. Uh, Morris, Compasso, and Rivers did really good versus the Blazers in the first round. I was super impressed. I remember I was doubting that that core, that core for guard spots because I was just saying Lillard and McCollum. McCollum would be so much better. And McCollum and Lillard were really good, like the first game after Murray went down or something. Or no, after uh, the first game that they played that core at the guards. Um, But then they just got off to a good start. I mean, better start after that. And even though Lillard and McCollum were doing good, they were those three were awesome on the offensive end. Um, and Will Barton's now in that mix. He was he was out, I believe, that series, or, or most of it. And P.J. Dozier is also a good defensive guard there uh, that could also play a small forward. Michael Porter Jr. is another guy that could have a breakout year. Um, he's going to be leaning towards that second-best player on the team role, especially in offense. Uh, he was awesome last year, fantastic shooting numbers on – about 19 points per game, I believe. Um, yeah, he's definitely going to be a big part of this now that Murray is gone. Uh, so the development of him is going to be crucial and how much help, you know, Jokic gets. He also just signed a new contract too. Like, oh, geez, it was a lot of money. Um, his stats real fast, 19 points a game, seven rebounds, uh, this guy's defense, uh, you know, it's 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 going to be there. You know, 0.7 steals, 0.9 blocks. If he can do a little bit more on that end, that would be awesome. I'm sure they'd love that, the Nuggets. He shot 44% from three, making 2.83s a game. That's unbelievable. This guy reminds me of Carmelo Anthony, uh, just saying that. Not like... Carmelo now, like Carmelo, not quite like prime, but I'm saying not like the older Carmelo we're seeing now. Uh, it's because just the quick trigger, uh, you know, catch and shoot, um, you know, scoring, shooting is the biggest aspects of their games. He's really reminded me of him, and I think he could definitely uh, live up to that, being as good as Melo or something like that, you know. He's definitely showing it. And a, another big leap, like being a 22 points per game scorer, is definitely not out of the question. So I'm really excited about Michael Porter Jr. 
And Jokic, of course, who knows? He could win MVP again. I'm, I'm not so sure he is because I feel like this is it's now Doncic's turn. Um, but we'll see. But no matter what, Jokic is up there with the top guys in the league. And Aaron Gordon, also another guy they got mid, uh, mid-year at the trade deadline. Uh, he's going to help a lot on the defensive end. The plus-minus was so much better with him on the floor. Uh, the defense was awesome. So there's still a lot of hope to this Nuggets team. Number five, number sorry, number four, I have the Mavs. Um, I feel like this is a good spot here. This is where they were last year. Um, and, you know, they they got some key guys in the offseason. Um, but it's, it's still going to rely a lot on Doncic. But you've got to start thinking, like, how much more can he do than this? Um because he's already putting up insane numbers, like something like 28, 8, and 8 or something like that. How are you supposed to do better than that? And he's uh, carrying the offensive load. Uh, I remember making this point when they are playing the Clippers in the playoffs. Uh, they need that playmaker. And I heard that's really what they were looking for in the offseason. Because people like to think of, Surrounding Doncic as shooters, which is not a bad idea, but you definitely need that secondary playmaker. And maybe a third guy who can take a little bit of the load. So, yeah, and also we're going to need poor Zingas to, to um, really do better, too, than he did last year, especially in the playoffs, okay? Uh, the bubble year, his stats were not were not terrible, um, and – they really slipped a little bit this year, and that that can't happen for this Mavs team. They're going to need him. Resigning Tim Hardaway was a good choice. Getting rid of Josh Richardson was uh, was also a good choice. He was not, he wasn't doing as well with this team. Didn't seem didn't seem to be as well with them. So still got Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, Dwight Powell. They still have he could he's definitely going to see some time at that center. Uh, Reggie Bullock is another key guy. He fits well, Doncic. Jalen Brunson, good thing they re-signed him. Is without him, I mean, seriously, there's no other playmaking duties, especially since Trey Burke is probably is they're looking to trade him, I heard. So, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the playmaking is still a question, and I feel like if they had that, like a guard with, with playmaking and uh, – Playmaking is the number one thing, uh, or, or just someone else, like Jalen Brunson, maybe another guy can take that load. I mean, seriously, that's what I feel like they need. Because, you know, if you think about it, uh, the stars on the teams, um, like the Nets, you got Harden, Kyrie, and Durant, of course. Harden's taking heavy playmaking duties. I mean, so is Doncic, but, you know, Durant and Kyrie are also pretty good at stepping in. That's not something poor Zingas is known to do. And if he's going to be that second guy, I think he's got to up his playmaking duties a little bit. And that can make him more of an all-around center and get the get the Mavs uh, spacing going and all that. So I think it would be good if he got some playmaking going, especially since they haven't got anyone, which I really think they need to address. Um, anyways, number three, I have the Lakers. Um Maybe a little low for some, but 
Um, also, I've I've seen the Lakers at like two most of the time, but I've got them at three for now. Um, I just feel like they there's not enough. You know, they've got a lot of older guys that have are more at the risk of getting injured. They have like six guys that are like thirty five are older. They have so many veterans on this team. It's just stacked. I mean, seriously, they're like young guys consist of like um, Kendrick Nunn, uh, Malik Monk, Talon, Talon Horton Tucker. Anthony Davis is in his prime, but there's not, there's like nothing more than that really. So yeah, that's going to be something to watch. Um, and then of course you got LeBron who's 37 going to the 19th year and uh, hasn't, you know, he's still awesome, of course. But, you know, uh, you could tell he was slipping a little bit last season. You know, he only played 45 of the 72 games. Uh, stats were about the same. They didn't slip that much. But uh, the availability is going to be the key to LeBron going forward. Uh, and, you know, of course, Westbrook is coming into this mix. But he's also 33. So this – I mean – the star power is going to get this team up there. And the veterans, they have some very talented veterans who have champion, um, you know, playoff experience at the least. Um, so that's going to, that's going to get them somewhere. But, you know, injuries, injuries for this team are really going to, uh, they're going to, they're really going to be at a high risk of injuries with all the older guys on their team. So that's why I'm a little, skeptical but they do have the star power to get them to that three seed because now they've got their own big three and so if someone's out uh westbrook or lebron can both take heavy playmaking duties and their team can be very good so that's why i've got the lakers there but i really wouldn't mind changing them with the second team the suns um because you know chris paul is also slipping i mean a little bit he's not like Top notch, you know. Team, I've, people are doubting him a little bit, understandably. Like he could definitely slip a little bit, but, but you know, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikel Bridges, Cameron Johnson, young guys like that, are going to improve, um, and they need to for this team to stay back or go back to the championship. Um, yeah, Chris Paul was really the difference maker. You guys could tell. He really helped shape Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton into good players. He really helped shape this. I guess you could call it their their little big big three they got. <laughs> um, yeah, because when you know the Suns weren't even in the playoffs before Chris Paul came, and then all of a sudden he comes, they go to the finals. It's incredible how much of a difference Chris Paul makes, and he's really set a tone for Ayton and Booker. Uh, so if they can really take over, uh, Chris Paul still do some things. And, I mean, I don't see any reason why they're going to be lower unless something happens to Chris Paul. But, again, improvement. That's going to be the key to this team. They're still so young. Like, they've got so many young players. But they've got a good mix of veterans and young guys, which is why they made it to the championship. Like, Jay Crowder was a key piece. Uh you know, they added JaVale McGee, which was good because, you know, after DeAndre Ayton, they just had like Frank Kaminsky, Sarich. Those aren't exactly great defensive guys. Uh, McGee can 
provide some rebounds and some defense. I thought that was a good addition. They also got Landry Shamit. So, yeah, I just I, – I think the Suns are pretty good at two. But really, you can flip-flop the Suns and the Lakers. I really wouldn't uh, care too much um, if you put the Lakers at two. I, I totally understand that. Number one, the only team left, the Utah Jazz. They were number one last year. I think they'll be here again. And I love what they did in the offseason. Okay? This was one of my favorite offseason teams. Um. So they re-signed Mike Conley, of course. Uh, great choice. They were very good with him on the court, and I think he's very good next to Donovan Mitchell for the growth of him. And, <clears throat> and he helps form the big three of this team, which you kind of need nowadays. Uh, you know, a big three. Um, if you notice, by the way, the top three teams I have in each conference have a big three. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's just something to keep in mind that how much star power really matters nowadays. Um, so it, that was so important that the jazz resigned Mike Conley, even though he is getting older, they're, they're going to need him for these upcoming years. If Mitchell can really turn into a superstar, that's going to be awesome. Okay. Um, so here's what they did in the offseason. They got uh, Rudy Gay, who I thought was an awesome addition because he can play as a small ball center. He can space the floor. I've always liked Rudy Gay. I, th- I think he, that he's awesome for today's NBA. Um, um, also... They got Eric Paschal, who is like kind of the same kind of thing. Those guys can provide some defense too, and they they still have Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, good uh, six man of the year candidates. Um, you know uh, Bogdanovich, he's a good one too, and he's going to be a key part in the threes next season. The threes this team was so good with last year, they made sixteen point two a game. Uh, they were like fourth in percentage. Um, yeah, the threes just got to keep coming for this team. That was so big. And, yeah, if this team can stay healthy in the playoffs, um, like if that whole team was there versus the Clippers, like Mitchell was balling even though he was a little bit injured. Um, and then, you know, of course, Conley was out. Uh, this team, if they can stay healthy through the playoffs, they can definitely make it to the – the finals or at least the Western conference finals where they can face the likes of the Suns or the Lakers or a team like that. So they definitely can make it there. Just stay healthy. They were pretty good about staying healthy through the regular season. That's why they got the number one seed. Um, and th- they just signed guys to make them better in the, in the off season. They also got a uh, white side. Who's, who's a good backup center and, uh, but if he doesn't work, they got the small ball centers to back that up. Okay, so those are my standings. Um, hope you like them. Uh, I'll go through the list one more time in case you wanted to keep track of them or something. Uh, number one, I have the Jazz. Number two is the Suns. Number three, the Lakers. Number four, the Mavs. Number five, the Nuggets. Number six, the Warriors. Number seven, the Clippers. Number eight, the Blazers. Number nine, Grizzlies. Number 10, Pelicans. Number 11, the Kings. Number 12, Timberwolves. Number 13, Spurs. Number 14, Rockets. Number 15, Thunder. Okay. Um, We are going to take a short break. Then we're going to talk about 
as I've said a few times, <laughs> rookie of the year, and maybe a little bit more into depth about MVP and to the Warriors and the Bulls. All right, guys. Um, so let's start with rookie of the year. So the odds, uh, according to NBA.com, to win rookie of the year, um, the best odds go to – I'll tell you the top five. Best odds go to Cade Cunningham, then Jalen Green, then Jalen Suggs, Scotty Barnes, and Evan Mobley. All right? Um, yeah, and if you notice, <laughs> these are the top five picks in the draft. So, And it's really hard to predict um, who's going to be like a surprise candidate like um, – like, for example, last year, Halliburton was, like, the 13th pick, but he was, like, third for Rookie of the Year. So it's hard to predict that kind of thing. So I I totally understand that they got the top five picks there because it how, how hard that is. Um, yeah, so I think Cunningham has a good chance to win it. and um, But Jalen Green, he just – I just it's I just think it's unbelievable how good this guy is at scoring, and I mean if that can outdo outduel Cunningham's all around game, then he can definitely win it. But um, yeah, so that's kind of how I think of those two guys. But other guys like Suggs, Barnes, Mobley. Um, I'm not really big on Mobley winning this Rookie of the Year. Um, I. I just see more potential at the moment in Green and Cunningham. Mobley, uh, according to scouting reports, is a great fit for today's NBA with his ability to do things as such as defend, space the floor, pass. So he's he's good for today's NBA. Um, I wasn't um, like too – there wasn't too much hype about him from summer league, from a summer league standpoint. But, again, if you do that – if you compare all these guys to summer league, it's the stats are, are probably going to be the best with some of these guys, um, especially shooting wise, you know. So you can't really judge them by that. They still got training camp to go through, but I'm just I'm not really thinking from what I know about Mobley this uh, rookie of the year. Scotty Barnes was a surprise number four pick over Jalen Suggs. Everyone thought he was going to the Raptors. But we got Scotty Barnes. He was awesome in um, Summer League. Uh, you know, everyone knew him for his defensive potential. And he was also pretty good in the offensive end Summer League. Pretty good all-around player. I was pretty impressed with him. Um, who knows? That could be kind of your surprise guy this season. He was already a surprise pick. I'm, I'm pretty high on Scotty Barnes. I think he's got a good chance here. Um. But the odds, um, yeah, I, I still think Cunningham's probably got the best chance because of his all-around play. The number one pick, you know, Anthony Edwards was the number one pick last year, but LaMelo got him as the number three pick. Um, but obviously Edwards was awesome. So number one picks usually are good, as expected. Sometimes they're bust, but I don't see that coming with Cunningham. So, um yeah, that's kind of what I think about the top five. We covered that pretty quickly, so we can talk about MVP a little bit. Um, odds for that, the top five, we have Doncic, number one, Embiid, number two, three is Durant, 
four is Giannis, and five is Curry. Um, yeah, so Doncic, second year of the second year in a row is the best odds to win MVP. Um, it's just he does so much for this Mavericks team, and he's only like twenty two years old. Um, it's just incredible. I mean, if if he raises his stats to like 30, 10, and 10 by the time he's in his prime, this guy's crazy, okay? And if he improves on the defensive end, which he already did uh, last year, uh, I mean, honestly, this guy, is, this guy is a ceiling to be like a um, – definitely inside like that top 15 NBA players of all time. He's going to really get into that mix once his career is over, have no doubt unless injuries hit him, but they haven't been a big deal for him so far. So that's awesome. Number two, Embiid. Um, you know, with the Sixers, everything's going to depend on Simmons right now. Um, because if he's not there, the Sixers might not go as high in the standings because they're likely not to get a, a player as good as him in a trade right now, um, as of reports. But, you know, a trade that I saw earlier – uh, trade ideas for Simmons. I really like the Pacers. I might have mentioned them earlier, but they've got guys that I think would do well with the with the Sixers, such as like Malcolm Brogdon, Karis LeVert. Those guys would be pretty good with the Sixers. You know, Brogdon could be the point guard. Uh, doesn't bring as much as defense. Is a lot shorter than Simmons, but he can space the floor. Um, wouldn't be a a bad fit next to Embiid, honestly. Um, you know, you do a little bit of everything. You can score. It's just defense is going to be the big gap there. Karis LeVert also brings a lot of scoring. Um, and he's a, he's a good guy with Danny Green as the shooting guards and obviously Matisse Thibault. So that just brings, like, more depth to them because instead of having, like, a another, like, star – They've just got guys that are, like, going up there, you know, because you never know. Those those guys could be one one day. You never know. Um, but as of right now, they're not, like, all-star level. So, um, But I really like that idea still for the Sixers and maybe get a few picks in there. And then uh, Simmons goes with Sabonis and teams up. I, I kind of like that idea. I feel like that might be the best kind of thing going on right now. Uh, I I also wouldn't the Spurs seem decent, but they haven't gone far with the Sixers and talks I've heard. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, Embiid's um, is just gonna depend on Simmons, who he's gonna have around him. You know what's going on there, and also he's gonna have to stay a little bit more healthy than he did last season. He was unstoppable when he was there, though. He was doing so well in the defensive end too, defensive player of the year candidate. Um, so, but health. Health and whatever happens with Simmons are the biggest factors going on with him. Next is Durant. Um, I've heard talk slightly as can the Nets and the Lakers have an MVP because, you know, the stats aren't going to be as gaudy for the for any of the three stars in the team because they're going to have to share the ball. Uh, they're going to have to balance the, the scoring attack and whatever other needs they're going to have. They're going to have to work as a team, basically. They're it can't go like one-sided like and be the number one like necessarily be the number one guy like you know Harden with Houston could put up awesome stats because they they built around that and they're 
was really no one to take on that role. I mean, you know, they had Westbrook and Chris Paul, but those options uh, didn't stay with him for a while. Um, and then, you know, Westbrook was the number one guy in the Thunder, putting up triple doubles, won the MVP there. Now, he's 33 now, and he's playing with LeBron and AD. So that, like, decreases his chances of MVP. So that's kind of tricky because, you know, you got three stars in the same team, but then their chances decrease. Like, it's kind of weird to think about it that way. But um, people are saying uh, Harden as a good MVP candidate. He's he's a little farther down this list. Um, But but Durant's three anyways. Um, Yeah, I mean, he could totally win MVP just because of his scoring uh, for the, like, taking on most of his status there. All-around game would help. Um, So, yeah, he could definitely win MVP. I could totally see it. Um, because his stats are still awesome, like, in the playoffs, even without, like, Harden or Kyrie, uh, and with them, he was. So, I mean, I guess the point as can the Lakers or Nets have an MVP, the answer is yes, but they, but, you know, people might not be as attracted to the stats, and so they might go away from them. Stats can make a difference, um, but, but the fact that both of those teams are going to be so good are also going to increase their chances. So you could really go an argument either way for does it um, – can those teams have an MVP? Okay, that's what I think anyways. Um, all right, four, we have Giannis, you know, the finals MVP, guy who dropped 50 on the Suns in game six. Um, already it has an MVP. Um, yeah, Um the the Bucks I project they're going to be number two, and and pretty much will be number one if the Nets if the Nets have major injuries, so we'll see what's going on there. But yeah, of course Giannis is just going to get better. He's twenty six. Um, his stats are amazing. Um, you know he's averaging like twenty eight points, like thirteen, like over ten rebounds. And like five assists with awesome defense. Um, obviously, you want him to improve the free throws and three point shots. So the shooting, but everything else is spectacular, and so there's still room to grow. Now Curry, um, yeah, it's just gonna be like last year was awesome for him individually. As a team, they didn't even make the playoffs, but Curry individually was awesome. He's a top three guy for MVP. Um, yeah, he can totally get this. Um, it, but he's going to have to do that same production in the offensive end while turning 34. I mean, I know this guy is a special talent, but uh, if 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 you're a special talent or not, that's going to be a hard thing to do. I'm not doubting Curry, but just saying, that's obviously going to be hard to do, especially what he did in April. Um, so I don't see Curry winning MVP. He Also, he, he doesn't get a lot of credit for his defensive side of things. And I don't see the Warriors going too high in the standings. So he's not going to get as much team credit. Um, and usually uh, team success counts uh, pretty heavily in MVP talks. So I don't see Curry winning it. He's also five on this list. So there's, you know, guys ahead of him. But, uh, yeah, so that's what I think about MVP. Um, all right, now we're going to go into – 
what I got to say about the the Warriors and the Bulls. Okay. So so for the we'll start with the Bulls. Um we already pretty much went over their depth chart earlier um and who they've got on their team as the top guys. Um now their win totals, let's look at their win totals. According to CBS, 41.5, so that means they're going to win about half of their games this year. It's, and if you want to compare that to the other, the other teams, it's the same as the Pacers. It's tied for 7th in the West. And that's exactly where I have them, 7th in the West. Pacers I have a little down. but um, So I think that's just about right. Um, I like that prediction right now. Uh, you know, um, talent is going to get you somewhere, you know. Um, and this team, I mean, they're just so jacked with talent. I just don't, you know, they're going to get somewhere. Okay. Um, so I don't see them getting to like top five, unless the defense really shapes into form. They really form as a team here. Um, and let's look at some defensive stats though. Um, but yeah, anyways, I think that's, that ranking is just right. Um, let's look at DeRozan. His when he was on the court for the Spurs, his defensive rating was worse. Okay, uh, he was one sixteen point five. That's guys. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. that's really bad. <laughs> um, one hundred sixteen point five defensive rating, and let's see with the Spurs, the Spurs um, overall as a team were one hundred thirteen. Point thirty five. So they were worse by almost like three points when he was on the court, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that that's a good bit, especially when he's when he was their best player last season. Okay, and obviously DeRozan's never been known for his defensive side of things. So I feel like what they need to do this Bulls team is have Ball Lonzo Ball take you know some playmaking duties. Uh, and really focus on that defense while also like shooting the threes, doing the playmaking duties, you know, s- stuff like that. I feel like Levine still has to be that scorer guy. Uh, a little bit of an all-around game for Levine, still be the scorer. Uh, sc- but score is the main thing for him, you know. DeRozan, uh, DeRozan's stats last season, 22 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists, 0.9 steals, 0.2 blocks. Uh, 0.2 blocks is kind of a question mark for a guy like DeRozan. Um, anyways, seven assists that that shows he can take on some playmaking duties. So that's what I want from DeRozan. I want to see a lot of playmaking. Uh, that scoring number might go down because I feel like Levine needs to still be the top scorer. DeRozan take on more playmaking. Uh, ball focus on the defense. Vucevic, I want him to focus on the defense. Defense, yeah, you know, he's the big guy. Big guys are the centerpiece of defense nowadays. You see guys like Gobert winning Defensive Player of the Year regularly. Um, And we haven't seen a guard win Defensive Player of the Year since Gary Payton in 1996. Um, Anyways, Vucevic, yeah, you, you want him to grab the boards, still space the floor from three, uh, basically what he's been doing with the magic. But, you know, basically the big difference that I'm trying to show here is have DeRozan take more of a playmaking duty 
And so maybe he doesn't have to, um, you know, cut all the time to the baskets, preserve some of his energy for defense, not as much running around the court on offense. Um, because they definitely need to try to improve that if they want to go up in the standings. And he's not the only one. I mean, Vucevic, he's never been known for like a great defense either. Neither has Zach Levine. Lonzo Balls has been pretty good. So no knock on him, but I'm saying, um, yeah, Ball needs to keep focusing on the defense, not get too much into that offense, which should be possible when you have four special guys in your team. I'll give you the stats of each of those guys so you can get an idea of kind of what I'm talking about with scoring and passing with their roles. Lonzo Ball, 15 points a game, five rebounds, six assists, 1.5 steals, 0.6 blocks. He was also 37.8% from three on 8.3 attempts. He got really good at that last year. Vucevic, 23 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, 0.9 steals, 0.7 blocks, 40% on 6.3 three-point attempts. Spacing's good there. DeRozan, 22 points, 4 rebounds. Oh, I said his stats. Um, He's also 25.7% from three-point range. So, you know, DeRozan's got some weaknesses here, the defense and the threes. But So that's why I think he really needs to focus on the playmaking, which he's known – to be pretty good at and get, keep getting the bottle Levine, who has proven to be a, such a good scorer. Levine, 27 points a game, five rebounds, five assists, 0.8 steal, 0.5 block. He was 41.9% from three on 8.2 attempts. So Ball, Vooch, and Levine, you know, known to be good uh, three-point shooters, which is good. Um, so, yeah, I've said my roles, what I think those guys should do for the team. Um Levine's stats, defense, uh, he had a 112, 112.2 defensive rating on the court. Um, off the court, the Bulls as a team, the Bulls, let's see, Bulls, um, they were 112.81. So they were, so with, with Levine on the court, they were a little better, but it, it's it's really slight. So the point is he didn't make a huge difference on defense. And if you want to look at Lonzo Ball, he um, he had a 100.7 defensive rating. That's very good, guys. That shows this guy's got some potential. Now, defensive rating doesn't surely – doesn't flat out show a player – how good they are defensively, but it also has to do with how good the other players are at that at that um, aspect of the game on the court at the same time. Uh, but it does it does show something, you know, because um, if they are better with that player on the court, uh, that's got to show something too. So it doesn't fully show things, but I also gave out the blocks and steal stats, so you guys can look at those more. Um, um, yeah, so the anyways, the Pelicans as a team, they were 114.78 when as a team. Look how much better they were when Lonzo Ball was that. Um was on the court. The defensive rating was better by almost 16 points, guys. That's incredible. By the way, Lonzo's net rating was 15.8, which is pretty good too. Uh and for the Pelicans, theirs was negative point negative point three two. So Lonzo Ball really made a big difference, especially in the defensive end for that team. 
that's what I got for the Bulls. I just wanted to show you guys the roles with the star players there. All right, Warriors. We already went over the rosters. They've got 49.5 win totals. That's about fourth and west. Uh, that's their ceiling, I think. I don't think they're going to get into that top three. There's just too many questions for me. Okay, I covered that. Uh, Curry, just to show you how good he was in the month of April, 37 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, over 15 games in April. And, of course, was a top three MVP candidate. And Some some say he should have won it because of how good he was on the scoring end there. Wiggins, uh, people are kind of, I feel like, uh, doubting him a little bit as like a second option, which, yes, he can't be a second option on a championship team, but third option, respectable. And we got um, Clay coming back with the young guys, but I already explained that there could be some things that we're not sure about. Wiggins, anyways, averaged 19 points, five rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block, 38% on 5.2 three-point attempts. Uh, Wiseman, their net rating, uh, I think, or no, their their box plus minus was like thirteen points worse with him off the court. They were not positive with him on the court. Okay, um, that's that's a big thing here because that shows that something with the fit might not be going the best right now. Which Wiseman is a good fit, but I think it just has to do with the development on both ends of the court. Okay. Some like his stats were not bad last season, Wiseman's, but some are just saying like he just needs to develop, uh, get into a rhythm. I think some say it was like a disaster, uh, the first season, uh, which I guess you could put it that way if you put in his box plus minus perspective. But, um, you know, he, 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 it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was awful, but, uh, he did some good things. Anyways, his stats were 11.5 points, 5.8 rebounds, 0.7 assists. He also had 0.9 blocks. Didn't space the floor too much. That needs to improve a little bit. He only took one three a game. And remember, he only played 39 games, so he was out for a while. But, yeah, a little bit more production with him, a little bit more teamwork, you know. Um, Draymond Green, 7 points, 7 rebounds, 9 assists, 0.7 block, 0.8 steals. Yeah, he really hasn't taken that much shots last season. He really wanted to go into that playmaking duty. But he's got to take shots when he's got to, you know. he's he's. I feel like at some points last season he was passing up being too unselfish. He needs – you got to take some shots, I think, especially if you're him and trying to be one of the best players on the team. It's kind of like Ben Simmons, you know, not taking those shots with the Hawks. People are drawing similarities between them. The Warriors have been in talks for Simmons, but it's probably not going to happen because they don't want to trade the young assets. They're 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 okay with Draymond Green right now, and obviously Curry's not going anywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's what I got, guys, for you guys. Uh, just want to cover Paul George's stats because I said he could be a dark horse MVP candidate. Just get you guys an idea. I'd like to show stats to back myself up here. So 2021 season, 23.3 points, 6.6 rebounds, 5.2 assists, 1.1 steals, and was shooting 46.7, um, 41.1, and 86.8% from the from shooting splits. And he made 41% of his threes, um, and he made 3.2 attempts. He's always been a good three-point shooter. Um, 
rookie year wasn't so good, but just looking at it now, he just gradually just got better. And two seasons ago in Oklahoma City, I mean, geez, he took like 10 attempts. He made like four threes a game on 38%. It's incredible. Yeah, anyways, he's always been known for his defense, and those stats are projected. Well, they should be, assuming um, he's healthy to be better because of Kawhi going out. He's now changed the number one option. So that's that's why I'm saying he's dark horse. Uh, if those stats even better are just MVP like level, you know. But I just, but I don't think he'll get the MVP just because, you know, team success seems to be a big thing. You know, think about it this way. Remember Steve Nash? People think Kobe should have won that MVP, 2005 to six. Well, the Lakers were only the seventh seed, and the and I believe that the Suns were like number one, if not like two or three. Um, Kobe's stats were better. He averaged like 35 points per game, but it's just the team success. People really take that into account. And Nash was the definition of a team player. He was so good passing the ball was like assist leader. So yeah. So that just keep that in mind whenever you're making MVP predictions. So I, I know this was a long podcast. Um, but I really hope you guys liked it. It's full of predictions for next season. Uh, first preseason games, um, you know, um, Monday night. And we saw in uh, Lakers Nets is Sunday night. So um, hope you guys enjoyed the beginning of the season um, and hope you like this podcast.